Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Live from Martin's Barbecue downtown. Touchdown Titans! This is Monday Night Titans, presented by Geico. Part of the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. With your hosts, Jason Martin. Senior writer and editor of TitansOnline.com, Jim Wyatt, and former Titans Pro Bowler, Mark Mariani. From the official station of the Titans, 104.5 The Zone. Well, ladies and gentlemen, some days when it rains, it pours. Yesterday it rained. Today it's been raining. There's more rain scheduled later in the week. It's gotten cold, but the real stormy blitz came in the form of 11 sacks of Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota, courtesy of a Baltimore Ravens team that took advantage of a woeful offensive line, brought an extra defender, sent pressure whenever they wanted. This was the performance Mike Vrabel's team couldn't afford, quite frankly. Not after last week in Buffalo. The narrative changed from give us respect to the media saying quiet down and go earn respect. Now the narrative is, you know what, I really honestly have no idea. There is not much to try and conclude from yesterday's 21-0 shutout loss to the Ravens at Nissan Stadium, the first shutout loss in the history of that office, except that as of today, this does not appear to be a very good football team. Truly, nothing went right yesterday. I have a question following last night's finish that I'll get to after we get to our opening thoughts. This is Monday Night Titans presented by Geico, part of the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone, always live from Martin's Barbecue here on 4th and Broadway downtown. Come out and see us. Joined, as always, by TitansOnline.com editor and senior writer Jim Wyatt, former Titans pro bowler Mark Mariani. I am Jason Martin, host of the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. So, again, I have that question, and it's the one question I hope that we would not have to ask this season about this football team, but before... We'll go to Jim first, then we'll go to Mark and get your thoughts just overall on yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you hit it around the nail around the head. I mean, it was, a, it was an ugly performance on both sides of the football. Defensively, the team couldn't get a stop on third down. I think that built frustration early as, as Baltimore kept drives alive by finding holes in the Titans' defense. And then on the offensive side, it was, uh, you know, one of the worst performances I've ever seen, uh, you know, from a Titans team. To only get seven first downs, 106 yards, have the quarterback sacked 11 times, couldn't run the football. I mean, there's really nothing positive that you can say from it. And uh, I'm not going to come on here and try to sugarcoat him. It was, it was a, it was an ugly performance. And you've got to find a way to get things fixed because now the problem is you're going to face a Chargers team that's ranked, you know, among the top teams in the league in scoring points on offense, and uh, if you can't score points on your own, then you're in trouble. So uh, I think this team is better than what it showed uh, yesterday at Nissan Stadium. It has proven in, in a lot of in, in three weeks this season that it's better than that team. But uh, things have got to get back on track if uh, the season's going to get back on track. Not much to say over here at J. Martin. <laughs> I know Martin. it's tough to analyze this one, man. It was it was abysmal watching this thing on all three phases of the game. Uh, third down, like Jim mentioned, we were brutal on both phases. We continued to give up 
uh, third and long to them and then put ourselves in third and long, which is almost impossible. Uh, anytime we got an ounce of momentum going on offense, we, we had a penalty or a huge sack. Um, it, it, you know, even, even on days where we had bad days, we could look at special teams or we could pull some positives from somewhere. It's hard to do that today. I thought, I thought our special teams got outplayed for the first time all season. Uh, it was, it was hard. It's hard to sit here and to see that uh, for the past two weeks we've gone from a, the high, the, the peak that we were at, and now we're sitting here wondering how this season's going to turn out. And like Jim said, it's not getting any easier. We've got to go to London and play the Chargers, uh, who are a very, very good team. But the only thing is, with that offensive, you know, whatever it was on Sunday, is that's a heck of a defense that they played. The Ravens, when all the numbers come out uh, this week, the Ravens will be the number one defense in the league in, in many, many categories. So we aren't the only ones, but we definitely didn't show up. Uh, they challenged us on the outside. They challenged our receivers. We didn't make a play. They challenged us to run the ball. We couldn't run the ball. Uh, it was tough to watch and very frustrating. I'm sure that film session was pretty brutal today. No doubt. So here's the question that I have, and this is the question that every Titans fan within the sound of our voice or certainly here at Martins within the sound of our microphones just wants to roll their eyes and never have to ask again because it's been asked so many times gentlemen throughout this decade and even dating back to last decade and it's this what is this football team's identity on offense it is such an obnoxious question to ask because it gets asked all the time about this team regardless of who the coaches are regardless of who the personnel are Vrabel Jim was asked about it in the press conference and his response was he wants the team to be more efficient more sound and more physical and I'm sitting there listening to that and I say to myself what exactly does that mean I mean that sounds good but that doesn't really answer the question to me because I think that's what everybody wants their team to be right like that's a basic thing but coach I want to know what the identity of this football team is what is it that they want to do on offense because I can't get a read on it anymore well, I don't think this team has an identity on offense yet. And, and Mark, you know, when we talked on 3HL on Friday, you asked me that question, and I said we need to see things play out before we know what this team can hang its hat on. You can't hang it on the, the running game because this team hasn't been able to be consistent there. You can't hang it on the passing game, and this team hasn't scored a touchdown in three of the six games it's played this year and, and in the past two. So we, we need some more time for it to develop. I think what Matt LaFleur, what Mike Vrabel want to do is have consistency, uh, you know, both running the ball and passing the ball. Right now that hasn't happened. The receivers are having a tough time getting open. The offensive line is having a tough time blocking and keeping defensive players out of the backfield. And, uh, and really there's just nothing that you can look at and say this is what we're all about because we haven't really seen it come together yet. What's the identity of this team? Right now, Mark. When you're an opposing team playing the Tennessee Titans and the defensive meeting starts, what are you going to look, look at as the Titans' strength? What, what are you going to take away that week? It's a great and question. honestly, nothing, not, to this point, nothing scares you. Corey Davis had one phenomenal game that we know he's got potential to do every week, but the Ravens pressed him all day long, and they, they challenged him to get open versus one-on-one, and we just couldn't do it. And... You, you mentioned the opening. We had 11 sacks, almost set the NFL record. That's not on the offensive line. That's not on the receivers. That's not on Marcus. It's not on the OC. It's on everyone. It's on every single person on that offense, and I think everyone needs to look in the mirror and go, I need to get better. Football is the number one, you know, the greatest team sport on the planet, but you've got to do your individual part as part of that team. And I think our identity, and, and I've said this, we've said this all year from, the, from day one, our identity 
has to be better up front. With our five dudes, and now we're going to be missing Spain for a few weeks, but our, our offensive line has to take over. And not, not only that, we have to find somebody that's willing to step up and go, it's time to make a play. I'll be the guy. Taewon, uh, Tajay Sharp, Corey, Dion Lewis, Derrick Henry, whoever the case, John U, any, anyone needs to step up, raise their hand, and go, listen, when times are tough, throw me the ball. Run me. I'll make the extra play. I'll do what it takes. And I don't think enough guys are standing up in the room and saying that. So let's talk about the 11 sacks. This morning I talked to Jeff Schwartz. Just so you know, I'll be hosting the next three days. I'll kick the coverage on Fox Sports Radio, which will precede the wake-up zone for the first hour from 5 to 6 a.m. the next three days. And Jeff will be co-hosting with me. He played on the offensive line in the league for eight years. So he went back and he studied all those plays. And here's what he told me. The Ravens went man coverage yesterday. They took one guy and used him as a spy on Marcus Mariota. And this is where he had a unique perspective, I think, because he played the position in the league. That spy defender is usually not accounted for by the offensive line. He gets lost. He can get overlooked. He can get ignored, especially when, as the Ravens did, it was a different guy. It was a safety sometimes. It was a corner sometimes. It was an outside linebacker sometimes. So you never really know who was spying Mariota from one play to the next. And that spy defender sat there on these plays, and he watched two things. He watched to see, is Mariota going to pull this down and try to run? And then he watched to see if whoever was in the backfield, whether it was Derrick Henry or Deion Lewis or whoever it was, was going to stay in the block. As soon as he realized Marcus was not going to run, he immediately, his assignment is to become an extra pass rusher. And it was that guy on virtually every one of these sacks that terrorized Marcus Mariota yesterday. The word that Jeff used to describe it was, he disrupted Marcus Mariota. And I thought that that really did crystallize it. Some of these sacks were on Mariota for not getting rid of the football. There's no question about that. But he had no chance also. Because not just because of what the Titans didn't do, but because the Ravens were damn good at what they did. Yeah, and I agree. But I think in saying that, I think you're letting some guys off the hook as well. Because I think a lot of guys up front just got beat in one-on-one situations. No doubt. Uh, more than just... Uh, a spy coming free. I mean, they did a great job of, of keeping the Titans guessing, but I, I know on a lot of plays that pocket collapsed pretty quickly, and uh, and there and, and you can look across the board, and it and it was a result of of a combination of a lot of guys uh, not doing what needs to be done. And I do think Marcus got a little at the end of that game. He got a little gun shy. I asked Mike Vrabel that in the press conference today, and he said, "Hey, we all got a little gun shy." I mean, I think everybody's looking around, but um, it was kind of. Uh, a perfect storm from a Ravens standpoint and that everything was going right for them. The Titans certainly were out of sync and, uh, and things were just continuing to get worse as this game went on. Yeah, and it also seemed like the play calling was kind of predictable. That's you know, We've said some really nice things, Mark, about Matt LaFleur at different times this season. The past two weeks, I'm not sure we can say as much just because we'll go through it. I've got the stats and we'll talk about it after the break, but Generally speaking, first down was not a good down for the Tennessee Titans yesterday. They got behind the down and distance and were staring at the chains way too far in front of them on those third down and longs. And when I tell you what they had to deal with on fourth down when they were punting away, it'll blow your mind just how inefficient and ineffective this offense was. Well, what happens, J-Mart, is when you lose first down and you lose second down, then you put yourself in third and long situations and you can let that defensive line for the Baltimore Ravens pin their ears back and I think that's great analysis by Jeff is is not only that but you have a spy in there uh and they did they confused us all day I mean they they did what you know we've been talking about Dean Pease 
pitting seven, eight guys on the defensive line and only rushing three or rushing five or from this angle. That, they were coming from all over the place, and we just couldn't quite figure it out. And to Jim's point, toward the end of that game, I, I, I thought Marcus bailed a few times out of the pocket, and, and maybe it was that, that spy rusher coming in at late, but then he tries to get around the edge, and you leave uh, Jack Conklin and, and Taylor Lewan kind of out there on an island and, and, and with their guys rushing the edges. I, I felt like there's not one place you can point blame on this. And back to uh, Coach LaFleur, I think that when things like that are happening, when you're getting blown off the ball, when your quarterback is under duress, you got to pull the ball back, either either pound the rock until it, until it hurts or get the ball out of his hands, throw a slant, throw a hitch, throw a, a, a quick play. There's also times when Marcus sat back in the pocket with a little bit of time and there was nowhere to throw the ball. Yep, that's true. I mean, and so who takes blame? It takes everybody. There's also times where Deion Lewis and, and Derrick Henry are supposed to cut, uh, you know, come up and cut a blitzer or block the, block the extra man, and they didn't get the job done. But there's also... You know, the flip side, that those are terrible matchups for us when they have to, you know, cut a guy who's coming full steam ahead. So the sacks absolutely killed us yesterday. Uh, they put us back over and over again. And any time we got anything going, it just crushed us. And I think everybody needs to go take a look in the mirror uh, and step it up a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. We'll take our first break here. We'll come back on the other side. We'll start to get into more of the stats side of yesterday and they weren't particularly pleasant something we have not done on this show is take phone calls on monday night titans we're going to do that tonight if you want to vent if you have thoughts if you have things that you'd like to see different right now 615-737-105 join this program we'll be right back it's monday night titans presented by geico part of the big six here on 104.5 the zone hi i'm ryan kelly Here on 104.5 The Zone, presented by Geico, part of the Big Six. I'm Jason Martin, joined by Mark Mariani, joined by Jim Wyatt. He's at Jay Wyatt Sports. Mark's at Mark Mariani 80. And the Titans are 3-3 three and three after yesterday's performance. So let's talk about third down, because it was not particularly positive. By the way, our telephone number is 615-737-1045. I see we've got some lines already lit. We will get to those. Do we have to? The phone calls or the third down? The third call? down talk. All right. Well, yeah, I think we do. So listen <laughs> okay, to this. Okay, all right. The Titans were one, in, one for ten on third downs. Um, you're going to lose when that happens. And what's worse is the length of most of the third down situations. I went through the third downs, and then I'm going to get to something that was even more ridiculous. But in order, third down and one. Okay. Third down and 12. Third down and eight, that becomes three on a penalty. Then Conklin gets called for roughness, and that pulls it back to 18. One then becomes six on an illegal shift penalty. And then third and 13, third and 10, third and 10, third and six, third and five, third and 11, third and 11. And this might be even more instructive. Here's what fourth down looked like yesterday. The Titans faced a fourth and 19, a fourth and 20, a second fourth and 20, a fourth and 18, a fourth and nine, a fourth and 13, a fourth and eight, a fourth and 11, and a fourth and 15. Let me say that again. Fourth down situations <laughs> of needed yards. 20 twice, 18, 9, 13, 8, 11, 15. Jim, I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's the result of getting sacked a lot. Uh, that's the result of getting did, sacked 11 times. Uh, <laughs> not being good enough. 
on the early downs either, and, and that's why this team needs to do a better job of running the football for one. I mean, you got to stay in games, uh, you know, to give yourself an opportunity to run it. And when you're running it, uh, you know, you've got to have some success. It keeps you out of those long down and distance situations. It keeps you from getting sacked all the time. So uh, that's tough. And then I know you're going to flip it to the defensive side, which uh, is not any prettier. No, it was not. Well, here's the, here's the other thing about that. And th- I'm, a, I'm a Monday morning, this Monday late afternoon quarterback. So, so you know, take it for it with a grain of salt. But I want to see, I would like to see the Titans run game be a little bit more creative. If you put 10 guys on the line of, or nine guys in the line of scrimmage and flex out one receiver, you got 18 to 19 out of the 22 guys on the field piled up in a big, you know, on the line of scrimmage. You're just not going anywhere, and we're not running over anybody. We're not making huge holes. So why can't we spread it out a bit and, and, and at least make the defense stay honest with the pass, spread them out, stretch the field, and then try to find a hole in that? That's what I would like to see. Sorry, on to the next. No, well, we can stay right there, and then we can talk about the Ravens on third down, which was the exact opposite of what we saw from the Tennessee Titans. But when's the last time we saw a really good running performance from Tennessee or the last time you felt really inspired by it? Was it Derrick Henry and the Wildcat against the Texans? I mean, it has not been. You weren't able to run it against Philly, and they're one of the best run defenses in the league. But you really weren't able to do anything against Buffalo. And then yesterday, your leading rusher was Marcus Mariota with 25 yards on two carries. I mean, you're just, I think you've had two bad Deion Lewis games in a row. Derrick Henry is just sort of out there. Like, there is no, you cannot run the football right now if you're the Titans, and that is a huge problem, especially when it comes to time of possession, Jim, where the Ravens held it for 37 minutes and 34 seconds of a 60-minute football game yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I know Mike Vrabel says, well, you know, you've got to have opportunities to run the ball, and that's why this team has not been able to get in a rhythm. But, you know, the reality is if, if you're able to run the ball better early, then you're not uh, playing catch-up. I mean, that's one of the reasons this team has struggled out of the gate. It has had trouble, uh, you know, in games is because it hasn't been able to consistently run the ball. And Derrick Henry has been critical of himself from the very beginning of the season. You know, he's called his play trash. You know, he's, he's expressed a lot of frustration. But things have not gotten better. I mean, and, and I can't really explain why because at the end of last season, he's looked good, especially against Kansas City. And this team was running the ball, and you figure there was more to come this year, especially with Deion Lewis in the equation. But up to this point, it hasn't happened. happened. The Titans are ranked 30th in the league in total offense. Uh, they're ranked number 22 in rushing yards a game, 20. Uh, eighth, it looks like, in rushing average, uh, if my eyesight serves me uh, correctly there. 20, 22nd just shows how few teams are running football <laughs> that actually, in this day and age. Because much ten, higher than Tennessee I, 22nd is what I was thinking when I heard that. That was, that was much higher than I would have given us credit for, probably because Marcus has had that's, yeah, a few good chunks in there as well. But it, it is, it's tough. And, and you know what the frustrating and disappointing part is, is going into this season and, and even through the first six weeks, you know, when we sit down and talk about, uh, about where, you know, what we think the Titans can do, who we can hang our hats on, and we've said this, is, is we, got the, we have the D-line that I, I think, you know, it has been standing up to everybody and, and playing pretty well. But I, I also thought our, our offensive line, and, and maybe it's a combination of like the same thing, <clears throat> the same thing we said about the sacks. Maybe, maybe it's a combination of everyone in the room but we're just not getting the job done. We're just not getting the job done on the ground. 
and that translates to those third and long. That translates to the play-action pass not being effective. That translates to people pinning their ears back and coming after our quarterback. It translates to everything that's going on, and it all starts up front. It all starts up front. I think that's absolutely accurate. 615-737-1045 is how you join us. We have plenty to say, but it appears that you do as well. So let's take our first call of the season here on Monday Night Titans. This is Danny and Dixon. Danny, what say you? Uh, hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, Marcus having so many offensive coordinators, is that holding him back from being the quarterback that he could be? And I'll hang up and listen. Man, I think there's no question that has something to do with it. I mean, he's had to deal with a lot of coaching changes, both head coach and offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, he's dealing with the young receiving core. I mean, Corey Davis, a second-year guy. Tajay Sharp's a second-year guy. Taewon Taylor's a second-year guy. Jonu Smith's a second-year guy. I mean, uh, that has something to do with it. Uh, I think certainly I expected a leap from him this year. When I saw against the Eagles, I kind of expected to see that, uh, you know, a couple of more Sundays since, but it has not happened uh, I think there's a lot of reasons why it hasn't happened, uh, but there's no question that uh, you know if he was in a system and was in it for a couple of years in a row, we'd see drastic improvement from year one year to the next. And I think everybody realized when Matt Lafleur took over as offensive coordinator, it was going to take some time. Everybody said from the beginning it's not going to look great early, and it has looked great early. The hope is it's going to get. Uh, there at some point during the course of the season. Obviously, it's not there yet, but I expected growing pains along the way. I don't think I expected it to look as ugly as it did yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think definitely changes in offensive coordinators make a huge difference, and, and especially you're talking about an offense that needs timing. You need reps. You need time together. You need cohesiveness and all those things, and, and there is definitely some growing pains that go along anytime you get a new coaching staff. I don't want to put that on what we saw on Sunday. That's not a good enough reason that you take the field and put out a performance like that. I'm not just talking about Marcus. I'm talking about the whole offense. But it, the, the new offensive coordinator, all that stuff, he came from a great system. It is a good system. It's fine. There's no reinventing the wheel in the NFL. Everyone's doing it. You've got to go out, beat your man one-on-one, -on -one, take, take it personal that you're getting pressed every play and they're challenging you to win your one-on-one -on -one matchup. Take it personal, and that's what we need more of. It has nothing to do with the offensive. Yeah, and you know how you win one-on-one -on -one matchups, Mark? You have skill position players that are studs. Look at the teams that are winning right now. Sean McVay looks like a genius, but he's got talent on that field, too. He's got Brandon Cooks. He's got Cooper Cup. He's got Robert Woods. He's got Jared Goff playing out of his mind. He's got Todd Gurley, who might be the MVP of the league this year. What did we see last night on Sunday Night Football? How many weapons does Andy Reid, who's yeah. already one of the great play callers of all time in the history of this league, how many weapons does he need? Yeah. He's got Tyreek Hill. He's got Kareem Hunt. He's got Mahomes, who looks completely legit. He's got a stud tight end in Travis Kelsey. The Patriots have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick might as well be a skill position player, <laughs> as good as he is in the league. The Titans don't appear to have that right now. Well, there, there's, there's no doubt, and there's nothing saying that our offense can't get to that point at some point, whether it's this year, next year, whatever. My, my point is, for right now, when, when that whistle blows and you run out of the tunnel, you've got to be held accountable for your performance no matter what's being called. So that, that, that's, that's my bottom line. Ron and Morris and Evan and everybody else calling in at 615-737-1045. We've got to take our second break. We will get to your phone calls on the other side. A lot of people wanting to talk. 
including us, and we'll continue to do so next here on Monday Night Titans, presented by Geico on 104.5 The Zone. Presented by Geico, part of the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Live from Martin's Barbecue here on 4th and Broadway downtown. I'm joined as always. I'm Jason Martin, joined by TitansOnline.com editor and senior writer Jim Wyatt. Former Titan Pro Bowler Mark Mariani. Our telephone number 615-737-1045. Ryan, Ron, and Morris will get to your calls here in one second. We were talking during the break about finding ways just to get the ball out of Marcus Mariota's hands, especially when Baltimore was coming at him as often as they were on his dropbacks. And you made a point, Mark, that, that I wanted you to explore that also includes paying attention to what might happen tonight on Monday Night Football. Yeah, your run game's struggling a little bit, and you're having trouble uh, protecting Marcus. So I'm just saying, listen, get the ball out of his hands, and there's no better example than the Green Bay Packers and what Aaron Rodgers does. There will be a handful of times, five or six times, where he takes the snap and throws it, gets the ball out on the edges, and they block in front of them, or they throw it just out to the uncovered receiver. All it is, it basically turns into a run play. Say the guy falls forward and gets five. Well, if you got a, if you got a, if you got a, a rush for five yards on first down, that's a big play. And I'm just, I'm just thinking of ways that we need to just help Marcus out, not stand back there, give him an easy read, snap the ball, get it out quick, get it in the hands of some of these playmakers, maybe in open space, and maybe make something happen that way. This is kind of an amazing trio of numbers and it goes in order 9 10 and 11 yesterday there were nine punts for the tennessee titans there were 10 completions and there were 11 sacks i i don't i don't really know how to fully contextualize it drives for the tennessee titans in order began on the 50 their own 25 their own 23 their own 25 their own 35 once then to the 23 the 25 the 2 the 28 and the 11 and where did they end? They ended on the 13, the Baltimore 47 once, the 27, the 37, the 22, right at midfield at the 48 and the 27. That was it. I mean, they didn't, they didn't even get a chance for a field goal. They were nowhere close. Suck up, just kind of chilled on the <laughs> sideline. Like last week, we were able to talk about how great he was. They couldn't even get him on the field yesterday. Yeah, and some of those, you know, some of that field position, uh, you can understand it more if you're backed up on a lot of those. A couple of those late, not great, the, the 2 and the 11, but you, some room to work in a lot of those situations, and the team just didn't take advantage of it. And, you know, moving forward, that's got to be something that, something that has to improve. Ron in Nashville has been waiting patiently. Ron, good evening. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, sir. I just want right. to say uh, that uh, the uh, – that performance Sunday was awful, but the loss did not bother me. Okay, it didn't bother me at all. It was the how they lost, and I want to go back to like practice. What are they doing in practice? Because I'm a firm believer in man. You train or you practice like you want to perform on Sunday, and it was like Sunday that Brable went out and just told the guys, "Hey, I will see you in six days on Sunday on the field, and just have a nice week." I mean, whether you have to get on people, I don't know whether the players are not buying into it. I'm just curious to know what's happening from practice to that Sunday. Because suppose he practices so you can get ready for that Sunday. And I don't know whether it's the coaches are holding people accountable and or what. But something's got to be done. And I'll get off the phone and listen. 
Jim, I know you're at, at all these practices. It's not like they're out there jaking it. It's not like they're yeah. out there not trying. It's just execution on Sundays that seems to be falling short as of late. Yeah, this guy may have been the same guy that sent me an email asking whether they practiced uh, during the course of the week. And I can assure you they practiced because I was out there watching them on Wednesday. I was watching them on Thursday, and I was watching them on Friday. And I thought they had a good practice week. Mike Vrabel even said himself he thought they were prepared to play, uh, but things just didn't work out. And as a coach, I mean, uh, you know, I know some. I know the. I guess the conversation sometimes turned to, well, he didn't have the players ready to play. I, I kind of don't buy that. I mean, these guys are professional players. They get paid a, a lot of money. You've got to be ready to, to play. And the coaches obviously put you in a position to make plays. Uh, it just kind of had a flat feel yesterday. I don't understand why. I think part of it's because the Ravens came and took the fight to the Titans, and the Titans didn't respond uh, like you'd want to see them respond but this team has been practicing and it's not like uh i've left the practice field on friday saying this is going to be an ugly one on sunday i i, I was expecting a, a slugfest but unfortunately only one team was throwing the punches yesterday yeah you know things can roll downhill mark things can roll downhill good and they can roll downhill bad i mentioned this on saturday during the tennessee tailgate show after the balls game and that is you know the balls got a big win against auburn and it's huge just because you can't change a culture overnight. But good, when one good thing happens, sometimes it can be real easy to ride that high. You can become a front runner. But when one thing starts to go wrong, it can also start to, start to spiral out and everything starts going wrong. Yesterday, there's not one phase of the football game, not one position on the field that you can say, well, that was a good situation. It wasn't. Everybody failed in what they attempted to do yesterday. It may have started with the offense. It may have started with the O-line. But nobody can then just point to and say, well, that's the whole reason they lost. That's not what happened. Well, that, that leads me to a point that I, that I wanted to make. I, I've been on some teams where you're kind of looking for a spark. You're looking for uh, somebody to step up. Teams that haven't been very good down the stretch. I'm not saying we're not very good. But I think what happened yesterday and, and, and what happens with those teams is – you look around the locker room and you wait for someone else to make a play. You're looking around going, hey, he'll make it. So, this guy will make it. Or, or you rely on the same people maybe. Jarrell Casey will make the play. He's been doing whatever. And I think what the Titans need is more of I'm going to make the play. It's going to be me today. It's going to be more. It's, 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 it's within the team game, but it's more of an individual thing. Well, hey, hey, pick me. Throw, like I said, throw me the ball. Or hey, let me rush off the edge. Or I'm going to go make a play on this guy. Or I'm going to go lock this, down, this guy down. And then, because if you wait too long for someone else to make the play, then nobody makes the play, and that's what we saw on Sunday. I also think we've seen, and I think we knew this already, but now it is absolute fact. Boy, does this team miss Delaney Walker. Oh, oh my goodness. I mean, a lot of these plays that you're talking about, a guy that used to be there to make all these plays, Delaney not being there on offense and Wesley Woodyard not being there on defense. Both of those have proven to be just immense situations. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Delaney, the biggest one, I think we all knew it was going to be a big loss. It's been a bigger loss than I thought. And, uh, and I'm not, I hate to even throw Rashard Matthews in the equation because he wasn't productive early when he played and he had an attitude that, that caused him to leave, pretty much quit the team because yeah. he wasn't getting opportunities. But you can't ignore the fact that he was this team's top receiver in 2016 and 2017. And now they've got a group of guys who are young, inexperienced, going through some of these battles really for the first time. And Corey Davis, I don't think you add up all his games, he still has played a full season because of all the games he's met, he missed last season. And 
football issue yesterday was the fight uh, from the from the receivers. Mike Vrabel said himself, those guys knew Baltimore was going to be physical at the line of scrimmage. You've got to be able to fight through some of that stuff. Uh, so you're missing some of your playmakers. You're also missing guys who are battle-tested. And unfortunately, the way that comes is um, is just more playing time, and this team's obviously not there yet. Hopefully, we'll get to that point. You don't want it to sound like it's a security blanket discussion, but Delaney was a security blanket for Marcus Mariota. And you see right now there is nobody that he feels like is just going to get to the six, turn around, make himself available, and go up and make a play. I think Marcus continues week in and week out to, to, to look for that guy and to find that guy, to find the guy that he can count on uh, every single play and, and who is that guy who ha- is, is that emotional uh, guy who who steps up makes a big catch and then gets everybody going you know obviously I'm talking more from an offensive side of the ball but I think our defense needs the same thing we need a guy or, or, or we don't need a guy there's plenty of them out there but we need on a consistent basis on a week-to-week basis guys who aren't afraid to go out there and do something you know e- extravagant do something outside of what they normally do uh, I saw I saw Rashawn Evans make a couple plays he that did, I was yeah. pretty impressed with. He was a little with. bit of a bright spot yesterday. He started yeah. to make he showed progress to me. He made some run throughs yesterday, and I and I I was sitting there breaking down the film, and I'm going back and forth watching that because I'm like, this dude, you know, those those type of plays, you got to get everyone going, and that just feeds the momentum. But you're right, you take Delaney Walker out of the mix, you take a veteran like Rashard out of the mix. Heck, I'll even go back to what we're missing from last year. Demarco Murray's that type of guy. Put his head down run somebody over and get the team jacked up. So still maybe looking for that guy, maybe still looking for that identity, uh, but there's enough dogs in the offensive and defensive rooms. They'll find it. No worries. This was a great defense. It was a great test. Unfortunately, we didn't show up, but a uh, lot, of, lot of football left to be played. There is, and we've got one more segment to go. We will talk about the Chargers a bit afterwards, and we've got a lot of calls, and we're going to try and rapid fire right through them. So if you're on hold, stay there. We will get to you. Monday Night Titans here on 104.5 The Zone. Attention, Nashville. Final segment tonight, Monday Night Titans, presented by Geico, part of the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Mark Mariani, former Pro Bowler of the Titans. He's on Twitter at MarkMariani80. TitansOnline.com editor, senior writer Jim Wyatt's at J. Wyatt Sports. I'm Jason Martin at Zone. So we are sitting here during the break just talking and talking and talking. And this show is just flying by. So we'll get to your calls and we'll try to rapid fire through these and then we will try to get some of these thoughts out because there really is a lot to say, kind of unbelievably enough, about things that we noticed yesterday during this game. Let's go to William in Nashville up first here in this final segment. William, how are you? Hey, how you doing, Gav? Hey, great show. All of y'all need to go to the microphone, man. Um... My, my first thought, man, it, it was very demoralizing to see the Titans play the way that they did. It was almost like they didn't have no fire in their belly at all. So my 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 response is going to be to the leadership of the Titans because uh, I'm a military veteran, and I know what it's like to have to kick things in high gear to get soldiers in the right position to uh, be successful. And sometimes when they're down and out and things of that nature, they feel like they can't do it. That, that leader on the sideline has to be the motivator to get them guys ready and prepared to go every time. You see what I'm saying? Even the guys that's on the, on the field, if they get beat on the play, you know, the next guy up definitely is going to have to step in and just say, hey, man, we're going to get them on the next play. But most importantly, they got to have um, 
some type of watchword that's going to trigger the, the fire and the motivation and the determination to get it done. So I would say their actions on Sunday was, re- was a reflection of leadership. And when the leadership failed them to get a, put fire in their belly to get it done, that's why they didn't have no stops. That's why they couldn't make no plays and all the other stuff. So I'm just saying they need to dig deep and they need to tighten up. I'm a heck of a listener. All right, William, we appreciate the call and also appreciate your service. Yeah. Thank you for your service, William. That's all I was going to say. And I think you hit it spot on. I mean, I think you, I think you definitely analyzed it better than I could. He, he, did, he did a very good job, and I think that, you know, to Jim's point earlier, that's where you miss a guy like Wesley Woodyard out there. And, uh, you know, and also to William's point, it was, it was uninspiring. It was, it was sort of like, what are these guys, what are we watching out here? But, you know, in, in my life, in, the, in the, the path that I've been on, I've always been told uh, how a man handles adversity is the, measure, is the measure of his character. And I'd say this football team in the 2018 has a little adversity right now, so we'll see how they bounce back. Jim, I will, t- I will say this. I'm sure that you heard this as well. The difference between Jalen Ramsey talking after the yeah. game yesterday and Kevin Byard answering all the questions. Like, if you want to talk about the performance, you can. But Kevin Byard stood there like a man and answered those questions. You want to talk about the measure of somebody's character on a really tough day, I thought Byard equated himself awfully well. Yeah, and Ramsey, as we all know, is one of the biggest talkers in the game. And then to see his one-minute and 13-second clip or whatever it was and him kind of mumbling his way through some of the answers and giving one- or two-word answers, I mean, that's, that's not a great look uh, for a guy, if you ask me. And I, I have to give you know, Byard credit. I have to give some of the other guys on this team credit for staying in their face and music and saying, you know, we pretty much got our blank kicked uh, yesterday. And... Uh, and we don't need national attention. We need to win games, and you don't get it by playing like the team did yesterday. You like to see guys respond in game. Uh, we didn't see the fire yesterday. I will say this: if, you know, the game against Buffalo was frustrate you. The game against yesterday probably embarrassed a lot of guys. Didn't it should like, pick you off. Well, I mean, you know, you're talking about the fire analogy. Look at it a different way. If the Titans had a fire. I think that it may have just kind of burned out. The Ravens brought a seven-alarm fire to Tennessee, and Tennessee wasn't able to try and pull the sticks out to try and get a fire started because they were too busy trying to put out the Ravens' fire. Baltimore <laughs> yeah. showed up to punch them in the mouth, and that's what they did. So, I mean, this is a game that the guys have got to respond to because it should tick you off. It should embarrass you. I, I think I hear what people are saying about them throughout the course of the week. Uh, I'm sure these guys glance at their Twitter pages, uh, you know, the week after a game, and it hasn't. I know mine hasn't been pretty. I can imagine what some of these guys are, are dealing with. So I would think that they'd want to come back and, uh, and show, hey, say, hey, that's, that's not us. Cody in Mount Juliet has been waiting patiently tonight. Cody, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, I just got a question about the Titans, man. Considering the Ravens' game plan, man, I was just wondering if you think that uh, Blaine Gabbert would have been better suited to play that game, not saying that Marcus Mariota is bad. I was just wondering, game plan-wise, if Blaine Gabbert would have been better. And I'll hang up and listen. Well, before I'll let Mark answer this one first, but before I, before I let you answer, the only thing I want to say is this. I was kind of hoping they were going to take Marcus out in the fourth quarter when it was clear they weren't going to come back and win the game because the way he was getting beaten around, he was just asking to get hurt yesterday. Yeah, they didn't call the dogs off at all, nor, nor should they, not in the NFL. But you know what? I don't think so, to be honest with you. I think Marcus gives us the best chance to win on Sundays. I think a lot of things can be corrected. Uh, but I think that a changing quarterback, just what, it just isn't the answer. I think, I think that the Baltimore Ravens defense will make a lot of teams 
look look a little sluggish uh, down the stretch here because they're a very good defense. But in my opinion, uh, to answer your question, sir, I, don't, I can't remember his name, uh, I, I, will, I would take Marcus Mariota uh, on Sunday for sure. Yeah, especially in a week when he practiced. I mean, Marcus Mariota's practicing. You try to put in Blaine Gabbard in there to, to try to combat that blitz. I mean, it, I, I have to be frank and honest. I mean, I think things get worse. I mean, we saw what happened in Jacksonville early in that game where Gabbert took some shots early. He gets knocked out. Mariota came in. He responded to some of that better. Uh, you know, he, he does give this team a best chance to win. That's why he's playing. That's why he's starting. It's not all on him. Again, he's got to get rid of that ball faster. But guys have got to protect better as well. I think he got a little gun shy and a little bit on edge because he was working with just a couple of seconds back there. So... If there is good news, it is that you're still tied for the lead in the AFC South, and you have a win over the Texans, and you have a win on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. If there's bad news, it's that the team that you are facing before you go on the bye, that you're going overseas to play in London, is a really good football team right now. Phillip Rivers having the best season of his career at age 36. Melvin Gordon is absolutely on fire. Remember both he and Todd Gurley came out in the same year in the NFL draft. Both those guys absolutely balling. I actually looked at some of the advanced, the NFL next-gen stats. What Melvin Gordon is doing is incredible, both as a receiver as well as a running back. I think he had six runs yesterday of over 10 yards. He was so effective, scoring multiple touchdowns. But back to Rivers, 15 touchdowns to three interceptions, 115 passer rating, fourth in QBR, which is a more complete stat with only Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, and Jared Goff above him. Gordon is third in yards in the NFL behind Gurley and Zeke Elliott. He's also got 30 catches for 279 yards and three scores, so nine total touchdowns. They got a stud receiver in Keenan Allen. They got a guy coming on in Tyrell Williams who caught two touchdowns yesterday. They still don't even have Joey Bosa right now, but rookie Derwin James is absolutely legit. That defense, the only losses are the Rams and the Chiefs. This is not the best best time to be running into the Titans. I know we've got about a minute left, but one thing I will say is the Titans do have a tendency to punch up against certain competition, and London makes this whole thing really odd. Who knows what it's going to look like? Yeah, and I still think that we have a defense uh, that can hold us into any game. I'm going to ride with those guys, and I have complete faith. I think this was a gut check. Like Jim said, I think a few guys got embarrassed on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, like I said, the only thing you can do is stand up and uh, keep fighting. So, I, like I said, I'm, I'm driving the Titans bandwagon, and I, I'm not getting off. So I think we're going to go to London and get the job done. Jim will be going to London. We will not be going to London, but we will be watching the game. We didn't even talk about Malcolm Butler. I'm not sure that we really needed to. But he gave up six completions and nine targets, 75 yards, four first downs, and a touchdown. I guess maybe we did talk about him. Big Orange Hotline's next. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless, and good night. 